Good evening. At this time, I'd like to call this meeting to order. Today is Thursday, June 22nd. <laughs> Thank you, Commissioner. 2022, and this is a meeting of the Rent Stabilization Commission for the City of West Hollywood. Uh, we would like to begin by acknowledging that the land on which we gather, currently known as the City of West Hollywood, is the occupied, unceded, seized territory of the Gabrielino Tongva and Gabrielino Keech peoples. Um, Commissioner Kirpis, would you like to lead us in the pledge? <laughs> Right. Thank you, everyone. And uh, Ms. Secretary, uh, uh, the next item is uh, out of office. And I know we have uh, we have a commissioner uh, to uh, sworn in. And are you going to administer the out of office? Okay, great. Yes. Okay, let's 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 begin. Hello. Hello. So please raise your right hand and repeat after me. I state your name. I, Tina Moore. Do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear. That while serving in the office. That while serving in the office. As a member of the Rent Stabilization Commission. As a member of the Rent Stabilization Commission. Of the City of West Hollywood. Of the City of West Hollywood. That I will support and defend. That I will support and defend. The Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. And the Constitution of the State of California and the Constitution of the State of California. That I will bear true faith and allegiance. That I will bear true faith and allegiance. To the Constitution of the United States. To the Constitution of the United States. And the Constitution of the State of California. And the Constitution of the State of California. That I take this obligation freely. That I take this obligation freely. Without any mental reservation. Without any mental reservation. Or purpose of evasion or purpose of evasion. And that I will well and faithfully discharge. And that I will well and faithfully discharge. The duties upon which I'm about to enter. The duties upon of which I'm about to enter. Congratulations, Commissioner Moore. Thank you. Right. Um, congratulations to our newly appointed Commissioner Moore. And um, now we have a quorum, and uh, we will begin with approval of our agenda. Has uh, everyone had a chance to review the items before us? Do we need a roll call first? Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you, Commissioner. Yeah, uh, uh, Madam Secretary, maybe we have a roll call. Yes. Commissioner Kirpies? Here. Commissioner Martz? Present. Commissioner Moore? Here. Commissioner Wright will be absent for tonight. Chair Topshin? Here. Now we have a quorum. And um, with that, let's begin with approval of agenda. Has everybody had a chance to review the items? I'll make a motion to approve. I'll second. Go ahead. Okay. I'll second the motion. All right. We have a motion to approve the agenda and a second. Um, maybe we have a roll call vote. 
Commissioner Kirpies? Aye. Commissioner Martz? Aye. Commissioner Moore? Aye. Chair Topshin? Aye. Motion passes. Thank you. Approval of minutes. Uh, we have the minutes of uh, Ms. Secretary, may we remind please the minutes from the, the date of the last meeting? June 8th. Uh, of June 8th of 2022. Has everybody had a chance to review the minutes? Motion to approve. We have a motion to approve the minutes. I'll second. We'll second. Um, let's have a roll call vote. Commissioner Kirpies? Aye. Commissioner Martz? Aye. Commissioner Moore? I'll abstain. Chair Topchin? Aye. I think we can uh, pass the motion. Thank you. Uh, all right. Uh, do we have any public comments at this time, Ms. Secretary? No public comments at this moment. Okay, thank you. So we're going to move on to the manager's report. Um, Rancid Position Manager, Mr. Hollop, may we have the report, please? Certainly, thank you, Chair. Good evening. Good evening, Commissioners. Jonathan Hollop, Rent Stabilization Manager. First of all, I'd like to uh, congratulate Commissioner Moore on your appointment to the Commission. Um, it's nice to meet you and uh, look forward to working with you. Our entire staff looks forward to working with you as well. Welcome. Um, so tonight, uh, the Commission will be um, announcing the annual general adjustment. Um, staff will, prepare, will uh, give a report on that along with the um, annual increase to our various relocation fees, both temporary and permanent. Uh, going forward through the um, next few meetings, uh, plenty of appeals. Uh, next meeting, there are two on the calendar, um, and you will also be voting for um, a chair and vice chair at that time. Mm -hmm. Also, the appointments to, uh, for the liaisons to the other commissions and advisory boards will occur at that meeting as well. And then, as you can see, we have uh, appeals throughout the summer. Um, Updating uh, the commission on the um, eviction uh, levels that we're seeing. Uh, I got the May numbers from Betsetic. They're similar to last month's, um, uh, as I, it's about 20 uh, per month. And as I mentioned at the last meeting, that's about double what we saw uh, coming out of the local emergency and all the moratoria that were in effect. Uh, so uh, the downside is it's up from, not surprisingly from the uh, time that the moratorias all ended, and uh, on the other hand, it's not climbing drastically. So um, hopefully it'll hold steady and go down, and I'll keep reporting to the commission on what we're finding. And um, that's all I have. I'll be uh, returning to you with an item later in the meeting about the Ellis Act, and um, available for any questions. All right. Thank you. Let May I ask if the commissioners have any questions? Commissioner Kirpis and uh, then Commissioner Martz? Yeah, I, I hate to put more work on, on, on you, but is it possible to find out, um, and I know it's not always going to be a clean, like the 20 this month, we'll know outcomes next month, but can we also kind of get an idea of like what is happening with those cases? I mean, the cases that you've, you've mentioned. Um, outcomes? Yeah, outcomes. Yeah, I, I can try to find out that, sure. Thanks. Thank you. Commissioner Martz? With the increase up to 20, are you hearing anything from either the tenants or the landlords if there, any of them have a reason why that number has climbed? Is it just a backlog? Is there anything else that's... It's, it's just that the non-payment cases are now being pursued. And have you been able to talk to other cities and are, you, are they seeing the same thing? 
I haven't talked to other jurisdictions, um, but um, I can find out. Okay. And then, has there any, been any discussion with the powers that be, whoever they are, about if we have a prediction on when this might come down, or we're just kind of in a holding pattern? We we don't know. I mean, there is a backlog, so to speak, and uh, might be a while. Might. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, please. Just to clarify, so I guess um, maybe uh, there's a way for them to, to provide a number of how many have been filed in, because in, we have one courthouse, right, that all of the evictions for West Hollywood are filed in? Correct. So if, if maybe we could get the number of filed um, versus the number of countywide that are filed in that same period, um, it might give us an idea too. I, mean, I can look I into that if I can find that number. We'll, if those, I'll report e if it those back. numbers are easy to gather, um, it would just be you know, looking at another line maybe there at the courthouse. Sure. Thanks. Thank you. Commissioner Moore, any questions? All right. I don't have any questions for you, Mr. Manager. Um, let's um, see if the commissioners have any, any comments at this time. Commissioner Martz? Yes, I just want to um, welcome Commissioner Moore to the commission and looking forward to working with you. Commissioner Kirkus. I'll just say ditto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Same. Uh, congratulations. Welcome on board. And uh, we'll be happy to work with you on this board. Thank you. Great. All right. Then uh, if, uh, no further comments. Um, we don't have any appeals at this time. And I'm going to move on to the uh, new business item, which is uh, uh, item number 11. Uh, it's the 2023-2024 uh, annual general adjustment and the relocation fees uh, announcement. As, uh, as we've done that uh, historically, it, this is just to review and file. We're, we're not taking any vote on this, right? That's correct. We're just announcing it. All right. Uh, with that, um, uh, you will be, Gloria, you will be, uh, be presenting it, right? Yes. Okay. All right. Gloria Alvarez. Thank you. Thank you. Good evening, Honorable Rentabilization Commissioners, Chair Topshin. Welcome to the RSE family. Commissioner Moore, we're honored to have you. Tonight, I have the pleasure to present the annual general adjustment and the increase of the permanent and temporary relocation fees. The following PowerPoint presentation will serve to inform you and the West Hollywood constituency of how the annual increase and relocation fees are calculated and their amounts effective July 1st, 2023. Next. The Rinsalization Ordinance 17, Section 17.36020 does say that the maximum allowable rent for a rental unit may be increased without application to the city in an amount not to exceed the 75% of the increase in the consumer price index during the preceding 12 months. Said percentage increase shall be equal to the percentage increase between the CPI last reported as of May of the prior year and the month of May of the current year. The amount of the permitted increase shall be rounded to the nearest one quarter of 1%. Next. This is the current Bureau of Labor Statistics CPIU for May to May. In the all items, you'll notice that the May 2023 has a number of 320.514. We use this as um, a, a number to calculate. Next. 
Last year's uh, 2022 CPIU was 310.649. This year's is 320.514. The formula says that we deduct current year to previous year, which gives us a 9.865 raw data points, equaling 3.176%. We multiply that by 75% and we get a 2.382%. Rounded to the nearest one quarter, it is equal to 2.5. This means that this year's annual general adjustment effective September 1st through August, 20, August 30th, 31st, 2024, would be the 2.5%. Um, we do have to keep in mind that increases had been prohibited during the pandemic, and uh, City Council did allow a 3% increase effective March 1st. If increases have been given for that 3%, they're not allowed to give another one until 12 months have passed. Next. This is how we calculate the adjustment for the relocation fees. We use the same formula that, that it is for the AGA, but we round it to the nearest whole dollar. Next. Rent of primary residence for May 2023, you'll notice is 442.056. Next. In calculating the percentage, uh, it came up to 5.78%. You'll notice that the current fee is on the middle column and the fee amounts effective July 1st, 2023 are on the right-hand column, most right-hand column. Um, initially, it's broken down by unit type, so it's based on number of bedrooms. However, if a tenant is either qualified, moderate, or of lower income, then they would qualify for the uh, fee amounts listed on those columns. Um, any tenant facing displacement but still in possession of their unit is entitled to the increase in the fee amount before they vacate their unit. Next. This is a temporary relocation fees. Um, this is when a landlord uh, it has to comply with state and local housing, health and building and safety laws, and they are required to provide relocation benefits to a temporarily displaced tenant uh, example of cases would be fire or water damage unit, fumigation, code violations. These would be the new amounts based on uh, the calculations that are in the resolution. The meal allowance is per day per person in the household if temporary accommodations lack cooking facilities. The laundry allowance is per day if the rental unit included in-unit laundry and temporary accommodation does not and the amount per day for each pet permitted in lease if the temporary accommodation does not accept pets. This is the end of this presentation, and uh, if you have any questions, I'll be more than happy to answer them for you. All right, commissioners, uh, any questions? Commissioner Kirpis. Thank you. Um, my first question is about, can you explain what the tenant types are, the qualified, I believe you had listed as one moderate and low income. Could you just explain what those uh, what those three categories are. Sure. So a qualified tenant is a person that is 62 years or older, disabled, a tenant that is living with a dependent minor child or is terminally ill. A moderate income is persons and families of moderate income pursuant to the California Health and Safety Code Section 50093. And lower income is pursuant to California Health and Safety Code Section 50079.5. And do those those tenant types 
are those in addition to or replace the zero through three plus bedrooms? So um, the relocations can start by the number of bedrooms, but if during the process of doing relocation counseling assessment, it's then discovered that uh, there is a tenant type that they qualify for, they would be given the difference between what they got as the number of bedrooms versus what they would have benefited as a qualified tenant. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Moore, you have any questions? How do tenants and landlords learn about this new information? So if, if they, normally they'll call, they'll ask, um, and we inform them of the process. We do have a staff member that is designated to assist landlords with these types of relocations. Uh, we provide uh, letters to tenants when, for example, Ellis evictions are being done, owner-occupancy evictions are being done, uh, code violation evictions are being done, as well as the, uh, the temporary relocations. In cases where there's issues, where uh, particularly for temporary relocations where there's issues with the tenant and the landlord do not agree on a certain temporary relocation benefit, then we uh, ask for the assistance of our mediation services. Sure. Um, how do tenants and landlords know about the 2.5% increase only? We send newsletters out. There's a summer newsletter that will be going out hopefully by the end of this month announcing the AGA. Um, it's, it's available through mail to both the landlords and the tenants, and it, it will be available online as well. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Gloria, I have a question about the calculation of the relocation uh, amounts. These are done by the third, the third party, or is the city staff who does the calculations uh, for the relocation amounts? You're seeing your expert here. <laughs> Perfect. In-house. <laughs> okay, because I know other cities, they have the third-party agency contracted. Great, okay, so we trust you, of course. <laughs> um, the other question, um, in our technological era, we know that typically uh, rent increase will be by a uh, written notification, right? 30-day notice will be required in order to impose that 2.5% rent increase. Uh, would the city permit, um, uh, let's say, an email uh, notification or a, a notification in the form of a text message? Would that be a, a, a proper way to um, announce or request the increase? No. Uh, the state law requires that they give a 30-day notice. We provide 30-day notices at the office and through our website so that landlords can use it, but state law requires a 30-day notice, a formal one, a text is not uh, applicable. Great, thank you for confirmation. And these notices, the, the forms that will be mailed, uh, when the city usually mail them out? We usually mail them out with the newsletter to land the landlord uh, newsletter so that they have a copy of it. Um, and they're available in our front lobby as well. We, uh, we haven't discussed this with John, but we don't know that this may be a confusion that will tell, tell landlords, oh, you can now give a 2.5% increase. So we're gonna have to talk in, you know, through staff and see when exactly, if, it's, if it is gonna go through these, this year's newsletter or if we're gonna wait a little bit longer, but we normally do send it with the newsletter. Okay, okay, good to know. Um, 
The other question is that you mentioned that the city council permission to uh, do a 3% increase um, in March. So the landlords who want to impose this 2.5%, they have to wait, wait for a 12-month period. That's so correct. Do you anticipate there would be a lot of maybe um, calls or uh, um, the increase, premature rent increases? A lot of landlords may not know this um, maybe rule, and they will impose the 2.5%, although earlier in March they imposed 3%. Do you anticipate an increase in those type of cases or calls? We anticipate definitely an increase of calls because it always happens. Anytime a newsletter goes out, we always get calls from landlords saying, what does this mean? Uh, as far as the implementation of the increase, I don't think we will see it because landlords know that they just gave an increase 3%, okay. and they're aware that they can only do that every 12 months. Could a landlord attempt to? Absolutely. That's just something that is human nature. Uh, but I don't think there'll be an increase. Great. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Kirkus. Just to talk a little bit more about the increase that may have already occurred. So you said March 1st. Um, is that when, is that date line up with when the emergency ended? Uh, so I thought, I thought the, the, the council established a 3%, um, and I don't know what that day was. Maybe it was March 1st. But then those couldn't go into effect until after a certain number of days after the local emergency had ended. It used, to be, it used to be tied to the local emergency 60 days after the local emergency. But in January, they decided that even if there was an emergency, the increase could be effective March 1st. Okay, so it's not any, we no longer have any rule in West Hollywood about the number of days after the local emergency. It's March correct. 1st, your landlord can increase it with proper noticing. That's 3%. correct. Okay. And so any tenants who did receive a increase of 3% uh, up to this point or up until even September, um, they don't have to worry about, at least for the end of 12 months, to see an increase again. Correct. Okay. 12 months from the last increase. Thank you. All right. Um, Thank you, uh, commissioners. Thank you, uh, Gloria. Uh, let me ask the uh, secretary if we have any speakers uh, at this time regarding this item. Yes, we do. Jane, you're welcome to come up. Uh, good evening. Before you begin, uh, let me confirm you, you, uh, your comments are regarding this item, correct? All right. So you will have uh, three minutes, but before you begin, please state your name and the city of residence for the record, and you may um, begin your comments. Hi, I'm uh, Jay. I live in West Hollywood, and I just have a couple... Can, can you speak up to the... Hi. Yeah, I'm uh, Jay, and I live in West Hollywood, and yeah, I um, pretty much was originally trying to confirm some facts about relocation costs, but I realized I couldn't do that. So I guess now I'm just gonna speak freely. Um, so I live in West Hollywood, and uh, some of the concerns we have in my house is that we are four roommates, which I think the city is not considered as people yet. I mean, in the way that um, I found my taxes as a individual household, I'm the head of my household, so is everyone else. So when it comes to relocation costs, I'm not gonna live with anyone else. I'm gonna move out, 
we've been Ellis'd. Um, there's no intent to uh, do anything else. Um, and when two of my roommates have been laid off over the past year, um, and they qualify under low income now, not when we first moved in, but now, um, I looked at the statute that the municipal code goes under. I don't know how much time I have left, but uh, I looked at it. I looked at the first half, looked at the second half, which is the low income part of it. I was like, yeah, they're probably considered low income. It would make no sense for them to be grouped into my income if I'm leaving. I can take care of myself, maybe, you know. Theoretically, you should, it should make sense. So you look at the code, you follow it, and you go to the city hall, and you talk to the people, and the person tells you, I'm not an attorney. Look, look for an attorney. Sure, okay. Then counseling, whatever, $500, $800 comes through. The person calls you. They're like, oh, yeah, I think you qualify for this amount. Blah, 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 send us your information. I don't, <laughs> I, um, again, we're roommates. I'm not going to share my personal confidential tax information with them. But they give us a Dropbox to put all of my taxes with them and all of my income information with them. I just live with them. I'm not anything special. So we message them back and say, I prefer not to be included in a Dropbox with my roommates. I moved in last year. Someone else moved in a couple months later. It's not personal. Um, and they didn't respond. Because I think that this has not happened yet, where people who've worked in tech, been laid off, happens a lot. Um, grouped together in a house. We don't come and go funds, funds at any, in any way. Um, so now, I feel like no one really gets where we're at in the code, because they're considering us a household. I'm not a household with them. Again, household via tax purposes does not, I have tried to follow them as dependents, it has not worked yet. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, I think the code is lacking some perspective of how younger people are actually functioning in society right now. Um, makes no sense that I would be counted in any. That's all. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Right, since we don't have any uh, other speakers, um, I would, would basically announce that um, the, the report from, from our staff uh, uh, has been received and filed, and I will, um, the commission will formally announce. Good. I have another question. Oh, sure. Based upon what we've heard, and I know we're not talking, I mean, this is the agenda item, um, can you explain how the relocation process works for um, a multi-person uh, unit or more than one person in the unit that might be roommates. I remember we had a lot of discussion about this a couple of years ago. Um, and I, can you tell us what the, pro what the process is and what the reasoning is behind what we ultimately decided on that? Yes. So um, during the relocation counseling process, we do have an agency that looks into the tax of every single uh, tenant. If one of the tenants is determined to be uh, of low income or uh, is a qualified tenant, then the landlord is notified of this change and he has to pay the difference between what he originally paid if it was based on the number of bedrooms and the new uh, income. Now the check is 
is written in the name of all four tenants. We do not get involved in how that money is distributed. So in a situation where we had, like, I don't have the screen up right now, but where we have a two-bedroom, uh, three people living in it, and one person, at least one person qualifies as, as low income, uh, the landlord would have to pay that higher amount, that, so the, let's say for the 27356 for this example, the, the landlord would have to write a check for, for that amount, uh, and it would be in all three of the tenants' names, so all three of the tenants would have to determine how they wanted to split that up. That's correct. Among themselves. That's correct. Thank you. Thank you. And that's not something new, right? That's been always, um, uh, the relocation monies have been always calculated based on the unit, not, not the number of occupants in the unit. That's correct. Okay. All right. Uh, other questions? None? All right. So then it's received and filed, and let's just uh, the, formally, the commissioner is uh, announcing that the annual general adjustment and uh, relocation fees uh, for the year of for the year of 2023-2024 will be 2.5 percent effective August 1st, 2023. Again, received and filed. And thank you, thank you, Gloria, for um, your report and the um, and responding to our questions. Appreciate that. Thank you. All right, uh, items from staff. Uh, we have. The, um, again, I think the report from staff on the Alice Act filing since April 1st, 2023, and that would be, um, who's going to, okay, uh, Manager um, Holub. Thank you, Chair. Um, good evening again. Jonathan Holub, Rent Stabilization Manager. So um, I'm just going to give a brief overview of the Alice Act um, for people who might not be as familiar. Um, the ELS Act is a um, provision in the government code, and it allows owners to withdraw their residential rental property from the rental market. Um, this is um, a pretty strict rule. Um, there are very limited situations when a municipality can prevent it, but generally speaking, um, municipalities do not have any authority to prevent a landlord from removing their residential rental property from the rental market. Um, the act, in the way it's set up, contemplates a 10-year removal from the market. Um, but during that time, the local jurisdiction retains some regulatory authority if the landlord should uh, bring it back to the market. And there are um, remedies and penalties that follow from that. So if it's returned to the market within two years, the rents have to remain at the last maximum allowable rent plus any allowable AGAs, annual general adjustments that occurred during that period up to that point. In addition, a landlord may be liable for actual and punitive damages to the tenants in the building. Um, if it's returned to the market within five years, uh, again, the rents would be set at the last maximum allowable rent, plus um, any allowed annual general adjustments. And if it's returned to the market within 10 years, the landlord must offer the right of first refusal to any displaced tenant who requested that right of first refusal. Um, and if the landlord fails to do so, then the landlord would be liable to that tenant uh, for punitive damages in an amount not to exceed six months of the contract rent. As you're likely aware, Ellis Act evictions were um, not 
happening during the local emergency um, that ended for the Ellis uh, Act applications on April 1st. So not surprisingly, we've seen an influx. Um, could you go to the next slide, please, Diane? Thank you. Um, so these are the current uh, applications that we've received and the notices that have gone out to tenants. Um, there are uh, 11 properties, and as you can see, some of them are conti contiguous parcels. Um, the total number of units that will be lost are 50, and that's uh, we've counted 48 displaced tenants as a result of these applications. Um, the um, In discussing this with um, uh, Ann Worth-Zoy-Cat, who's primarily responsible in our division for uh, overseeing uh, Ellis applications. Um, this is not uh, too distressing a number given the backlog that grew over the um, local emergency. This would, if you average this out over three years, this would be probably what we would have seen anyway up to this point. Um, nonetheless, you know, it's still challenging, obviously, for any tenant that has to endure this. Um, you'll note um, that the uh, eviction notices were sent out uh, mostly in April, but also one in May and one in June. And if you go to the last column, what you'll see is the date that the property will be fully withdrawn from the market. Um, that's the point at which the, um, the uh, time that I discussed on the prior slide starts to be counted. Uh, you'll also notice that most of them, the, the first 10, have a withdrawal date one year out from the date of the notice, um, whereas the last one is only 120 days out. The reason for that is the standard notice period is 120 days. Um, and if there are no qualified tenants, and qualified in this case is anyone who's been there for at least a year and is uh, 62 years of age of older or has a disability, then they can request to um, extend the notice period for a year from the time of the service of the notice. So obviously in most of these buildings, someone was qualified. And then the landlord has the option of extending that uh, to the balance of the tenants. And so in these cases, we it appears that you know that's happened for the whole building. Um, and and that's the, um, that's the reason for um, you know, that often happens, and that's why a year is often the, the amount of time that the tenants have to relocate. And as Gloria pointed out, we do um, work with a provider to assist tenants in the relocation process, and um, they're working with them now. And I'm available for any questions. Commissioner Lawrence. Quick question. What is the name of the provider? RSG. Okay. I've worked with them. And do we have a breakdown of uh, which of these units would qualify as low income? Not so much because I want to know how much they're being paid, but to try to find them a new spot, um, mm -hmm. a new uh, residential uh, location uh, that may be challenging for more challenging for those individuals. Right, and and that that is taken into consideration. I mean, that's that's what RSG does. I mean, they 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 find out the income levels, and if they're qualified for other housing, they're going to be. Um, uh, directed that way. And are these individuals that are displaced in West Hollywood, are they given priority at West Hollywood um, inclusionary housing or are, yes. are affordable housing units? They do, if they're qualified. Mm -hmm. Thank, Thank you. you.
Okay. You mentioned the first right of refusal. Uh, can you, Mr. Manager, go a little bit more deta in, in details on how this is being, how the process worked, um, how the landlord locates a tenant after the tenant vacated and probably moved even out of the state? Uh, yeah, the, the tenant um, has to give the, give the landlord um, um, 30 days notice. And so they, they give them, they tell them that they want the right of first refusal within 30 days. And then um, that is put on our file. So that if the landlord then contacts us um, within the um, period uh, that the uh, restrictions apply, then we know to remind the landlord that they need to give the right of first refusal and Hopefully the tenant has been um, providing us or the landlord with a um, updated address or contact information so that we have that in our file. And um, that's, you know, that's usually how it works. Yeah. So it's, pretty much, <clears throat> it's pretty much on the tenant, their kind of a responsibility to notify, notify the landlord and the city if the, if, and the city department if the tenant moves from, you know, one uh, address to another address. Um, I would say without that, that wouldn't be possible to locate the tenant, right? I'm sorry, it, might, it wouldn't be or would be? It, 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 let's say if the tenant gives a 30-day notice notifying the, the, uh, the, about the new address and, and that the tenant is interested in that first, uh, you know, receiving the first right of refusal. So and if the tenant vacates, um, and the tenant moves later on, let's say in a year or two, to a different address, how the department or the city or the owner would know the new address for the tenant. They wouldn't know unless the tenant contacts the department or the right. owner. And, and that's, that's, you know, tenants are advised to update both the department and the landlord of their whereabouts. So if they, once they relocate to location A, if they're moving and it's still within 10 years of the displacement, they should they should contact both us and the landlord, letting them know where they are. And there's no expiration or kind of a time frame for the tenant to lose this right, right? It's just... It just goes on through the 10-year period, on. yeah. Okay. Um, and you answered the... Uh, I mean, you, you covered that area about the one-year extension, and that's for 60-plus... Uh, 62 plus. 60, 62 plus. 62 plus. Um, disabled, terminally ill, I assume. Or, well, that would be a disability. Oh, that would be disability under disability. Okay. All right. And um, I know the recent years, recent years saying it could be before COVID or during COVID, I can't recall, but maybe you, you remember. Um, there were some attempts to change things uh, in uh, Sacramento or uh, amend things or add some more protections. Was there any, were there any success to that? And were there any changes or amendments made to the Alice Act? During COVID? Um, I, there were probably no... right before. I can't recall exactly. I know that. Uh... There, there have been, I know there, there's been legislation introduced over the years, but... 
Um, nothing significant has passed recently. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the, the most significant, uh, uh, which helps cities in the situation to help monitor this and, and added and, and included the punitive fines, uh, that was uh, led by the city of West Hollywood and some member Bloom at the time, and that did succeed, but it doesn't, it doesn't, any, any landlord that was trying to follow the law anyway and go through the Ellis Act, it wouldn't affect them. It was only really uh, okay. hurting the, the bad offenders. There's been several attempts to, the ideas to, uh, one example was if there were children in the household that, uh, that uh, attended school, that they could stay through the end of the school year. Um, there was uh, an idea of if, if, let's say, one senior was, if there was one person who qualified for that one year in the building, then all tenants got to qualify. That way that we wouldn't have a situation where we've got one um, qualifying tenant living all alone in this big building that's now empty for nine months of the year. Uh, but that, that did not it succeed either. All right. Yeah, I, I remember these discussions we had before, and I didn't follow after that, you know, what happened. Thank you, Commissioner Krippers. Thank you, um, uh, Jonathan. Sure. So these projects that you listed, uh, do we know what is the plan for the landlord to do uh, on these spots? Or are these going to be, they're going to demolish? I mean, with, obviously they are required to disclose maybe a plan to the city when submit the application, or maybe they're not required. They just want to get out of the business. All right. No, that's, that, the, the act doesn't require any indication of what's going Correct. to happen to the property. It's just they want to demolish and leave um, the business. But do we know what's going to be uh, on these spots? I mean, you don't have to be specific, but if there are any condominium projects going to be built... Um, I don't know, yeah. actually. I didn't, I didn't look into that. Um, I can find out. Okay. The, the reason why I'm asking is um, if we're losing these priceless rent control units, mm -hmm. clearly uh, that is the concern of the city and the commission, of course, and everybody else in, in West Hollywood. So if we're losing these, these buildings, these units, they can never be replaced. Um, at least if there are condominium projects are built, and what is the percentage for the inclusionary units that the, the, the developer will be required to give to the city? Uh, or maybe you're not depends, prepared. It depends on, on the size of the, the project, okay. and it depends on also bonuses that they, okay. they get. I mean, it, you know, it, it, it varies, and it really is project specific, so I, I can't say with certainty. Yeah, obviously that's probably a project. question for the planning commissioner. But, but you know, if, there, there are there are rules about what kind of either inclusionary units go in or replacement units go in. So, you know, hopefully, to the extent some of these are being demolished and redeveloped, they'll they'll be affordable units. Okay. So yeah, obviously, if if it's a single family dwelling, so we lost the property with the rent control units. If it's a single family is built, but if it's a multi-unit property, then the, the, we will get something, uh, whether it's a replacement unit or it's an uh, inclusionary housing unit. Right, depending on the size of the project, and there's also uh, um, okay. fee, you know, uh, in, affordable, trust, uh, affordable housing trust fees that might have to be paid as well, so it, it can lead to housing down the road. Okay, got it. Okay, in lieu fees. Thank you. Can I just add to yeah. that, that, that that's where it comes into the community supporting higher density levels because 
let's say the average was 20% of what we get for in inclusionary housing, you build those same 50 units, 20% of 50 is not 50. <laughs> uh, so if uh, the community is always saying no to more density, we will always over time lose our rent stabilized units and, and our affordable units. So that's something to think about as community members come out and speak for and against projects is um, you can't always be against density. Um, you have to look at each case individually and make your decisions based upon that and keep in mind the, the, the long-term effects of that. All right, thank you. Okay, uh, if there are no further questions, uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Manager. It was an interesting presentation and thank you for responding to the questions. All right, so with that, if there are no discussion, um, uh, I wanna check with our secretary if there are any speakers uh, regarding this item. No speakers. No speakers, all right. So then the commission will receive and file. Um, again, thank you, staff. Thank you, commissioners. Um, next is public comments. I have to ask <laughs> again. The no secretary. public comments at this no time. No public comments. I'll move on to the uh, commissioner comments. Uh, anything at this time? Just briefly, um, this is our last meeting before 4th of July, so everyone have a good Independence Day. Thank you. Just want to thank staff for their reports tonight and um, explaining the process and hopefully um, some of the members of the community were watching tonight and better have a better understanding of the process as well. Thank you. Commissioner Moore? Um, I'd like to say it's really an honor to be serving with all of you on this commission. Thank you for having me. And um, I'd also like to thank Mayor Pro Tem John Erickson for appointing me to this commission. And thank you for your um, presentations today. Thank you, Commissioner. All right, and I also want to thank staff again for, uh, for this informative um, um, presentation, and we'll definitely would like to hear more on different topics, different items in the future. And um, with that, I'm going to move on to the adjournment of this meeting until the next meeting of the Rent Stabilization Commission. That will be held on Thursday, July 13, 2023 at 7 p.m. here in West Hollywood Park, public meeting room, council chambers. Thank you, everyone, and good night.